whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report vaccine segment, and this is Dr. Lee for America with a blockbuster show today with our international team, and we're joined by a new guest today, Dr. Roger Meacock. Actually, he prefers Mr. in the UK. He is a UK veterinarian and the lead author on the open letter to the regulators in the US and UK and Europe about the existential threat of moving the mRNA vaccine technology into the veterinary market, contaminating our food supply and our domestic pets and all animal life. This is a very chilling development, one that's already been under the radar in use in the United States since 2018 with Sequivity mRNA vaccine for pigs. So people in the U.S. have not even known that they risk contamination of their pork with mRNA vaccines that have been in use and no one has informed us. Huge story. And then we have new data from Dr. Gilthorpe in Sweden, Dr. Yeadon in the UK, and our journalist colleague, Andrea Klarich in Croatia. And we need to start with Dr. Gilthorpe today, who has limited time with us, who has new information about DNA contamination with actual testing of the mRNA vaccine vials being done in several laboratories in Europe, and he's going to update us on that. Welcome, Dr. Gilthorpe. Thank you very much, Dr. Lee, and uh, great to be here again on uh, on this uh, on the show. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring this up for everyone. So um, we've talked about this before that there was a large amount of DNA contamination detected in the mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna for COVID. And this DNA comes from the template that is used to make the mRNA, the modified RNA. And because the modified RNA has very peculiar properties, it's very difficult to purify away from that template. And it seems like both Pfizer and Moderna didn't do a very good job of that, but the regulators allowed them to release these things onto the market. And the problem is that if you have DNA in a liquid nanoparticle, first of all, what it can do is give you a sort of anaphylactic reaction to that foreign DNA as it gets into your bloodstream. And the second thing that it can do is it might integrate into your genome, you know, and and this is a concern for other kinds of uh, products that have had DNA uh, cell lines, for example, used to make other vaccines that these must be purified away to to many, many times to make sure there's no risk of getting foreign DNA into people. But when it came to these 
products where the DNA is actually packaged probably into the nanoparticle, which makes it much more likely it'll get transferred into your cells. Uh, this was suddenly, you know, they, they didn't care. Uh, and so this was a, a study, Kevin McKernan in the US and Philip Buchholz have both shown very high levels of DNA contamination Pfizer and Moderna shots. Uh, now there is a German biologist, Jürgen Kirschner, that also repeated these. And I think he actually did it early 2023, but it's just come out um, now. There was an article in the Daily Skeptic, and I also have the letter that he sent um, to the German regulators about the contamination. So around about, he looked at uh, five different vials, five different batches, and measured between 83 to 285 times the legal limit of DNA in those samples, including the plasmid DNA that's used as a template. So, you know, there are now many groups around the world. Uh, there was also one in Japan a few weeks ago. So many groups have repeated this same evidence. Uh, the regulators are aware of it, but they are just not bothered. Well, because they know that they allowed this to happen, I think, is the, is the reason. Um, so watch this space, everyone. I think this is a really important um, uh, crux of the problem here because it shows that mRNA vaccines never were safe uh, which we've talked about every week on the show but at least also the regulation that enabled them to be put into people was was totally out to lunch and just allowed these products to be shipped in and used without proper oversight well it's it's actually malfeasance on the part of the regulators to know that the DNA contamination was there and that the mRNA had improper manufacturing and then approve it anyway. Yeah. So Do it, it goes, yeah. yes, Dr. Eden, go ahead. Yeah, if I could, if I could just, uh, I don't have a great deal to say, but a little bit that's worth saying, because I'm in regular contact with uh, uh, Sasha Latipova in the States, uh, just to remind you that the laws have been changed over many decades in the US and other countries such that these injections are not medical products, but 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 indeed uh, they are countermeasures. I think they're emergency countermeasures. So they're not regulated by the FDA who are fraudulently playing a game, pretending that they're regulating. They have no role whatsoever. They should do, but they don't. The, the military ordered these injections. They are not pharmaceutical products, but legally classified as countermeasures so the fda do not have a role and so in a sense we're looking in the wrong direction because they're not they ought to be but they're not medical products so well uh, that's that that's true it's they true no to role, some extent no role legally at all uh, no i'm that's not defending i'm not defending the products i'm saying they are they they are military products countermeasures. well they are department of defense not yeah. military i want to clarify that Okay. We just did a, a whistleblower report with military service members. The Department of Defense, it's, it's really, it's really uh, insulting to the injured service members to say that this was a military operation. It was a Department of Defense, CIA, um, Absolutely. Defense Absolutely. Health Agency. This yeah. was, this this was is... not the rank and file military no. because they... We just did a whistleblower report, and I've sent all of you the documents, that this was a planned psyops and propaganda campaign against 
U.S. service members I would, perpetrated I would say, I by the Department of Defense. Yeah, I, I call it really that they are spook measures. But, well, know, yes, it's yeah. we need to we need to it, it is properly a Department of Defense, Defense Health Agency, sure, um, not, not a military operation. Yeah, but our military were unknowing victims uh, and absolutely. guinea pigs of it. But I, I wanted to want to just clarify, in a sense, the FDA can't fix what they didn't put wrong in the first place. Now, obviously, they, well, they could. A, they could. They, sure, in the they US. Played fraudulent, they played a fraudulent role in they played a, a, a part in a kind of ghastly drama in appearing to approve it. I don't think they've I don't think they've opened the packets. I don't think they've read the documents. And the EMA, for example, I, I've explained it as as if they've turned the lights off and gone under their desks. The EMA in Europe is not is not reviewing and regulating these products. Again, it, it's bypassing the normal regulations, but they're allowing us to believe in a ghastly pantomime that they that they are. And so people are writing to them, but they don't reply. Well, that's, that's true. And the yeah. the PrEP Act waived good manufacturing practices yeah. and waived the regulatory oversight. This right. actually goes back, and some of our military reports have been addressing this issue for three years, that that the regulatory changes were made 2005, 2011, 2016, 2007. Um, so all of these regulatory changes where it was setting up, and some of it grew out of the Patriot Act in 2001, 2002, after 9-11, with the fact that the National Pandemic Plan had these provisions in place for emergency measures. But Federal law put in place in 2004 showed clearly, I mean, it's passed by Congress to protect the service members and the public from having experimental products forced on them. And that has yeah. been ignored. No, I agree. But apologize the, but the for FDA my, is participating yeah. in this. They are. They are. And they I apologize didn't. for my misstep. I, I absolutely didn't want to imply uh, anything about, about the military, all the people I've met too on, on our side of are confused and have been assaulted. So yes, it's DOD yeah. Well, unfortunately, Sasha yeah. has hit the news with calling it a military operation. And that is a misnomer. And sure. it's very, it does a serious disservice to the good military people who've been very damaged by this. It is sure. a Department of Defense and all of the um, intelligence community operation. Yeah, absolutely. And part of Agenda 2030 as well. Yeah, anyway, we, we digressed so on that, but, but you're, you're correct. The FDA has abdicated their responsibilities willingly yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Go ahead. Apologize for the uh, excessive interruption. No, but No problem. People, it helps people, people understand why no, the regulatory agencies that. aren't yeah, but what, but what I would say, Mike, following up on that, is that what the FDA has then done on is knowing full well how they behaved with the original licensing um they're now pushing out boosters uh you know claiming also that they are they're safe and effective they yes. are yes they're continuing they're the they're continuing the fraud they, well that yeah, was our whistleblower report just recently fda with one of the military service members fda is perpetrating the fraud they're repeating the fraud again right. knowingly so they right. are 
Hey, they and actually the EMA and I think the MHRA are all willing participants in this. They, they, they are. In they my, are in my view, they, they are. They are. I'm afraid there's no other word. They are now criminals. They, this is criminal activity. They know perfectly yes. well. They know perfectly well that they have, this has not gone through the normal pathway, and they're allowing the public and the politicians even to think that they are performing their normal. Uh, oversight and they're not and that, yes. and that is criminal it's criminal these are they these are contaminated uh you know that they're, they're not appropriate uh, to be injected into anybody you're absolutely right it is criminal and our courts are complicit with not following the rule of law so, so I, we we've done I've, I, with todd calendar and warner and many other attorneys we've done programs explaining what's happening in the courts where they are just abdicating their responsibility as well. Dr. Gilthorpe, I know you're going to have to jump off shortly. Any additional comments and concerns you want to raise before you have to leave? Well, I'd just like to say, you know, being a molecular biologist by training, Dr. Lee, I know, um, you know, since the manufacturing process has come across this problem where they can't purify the RNA uh, away from the DNA, that you know, aside from all the other issues with uh, RNA vaccines that we've talked about being dangerous because they will lead to autoimmunity, this raises a very important point that I think Roger could talk about is, is any mRNA vaccine ever going to be free of DNA and therefore safe, even the ones that are going to be are being put into animals? So that is my uh, part. No, that's a good question, Roger. Your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, um, being being a veterinarian, I'm coming in from the wider aspect. So I've got my concerns, obviously, over what's happened with the COVID jabs. But my first um, consideration really was was the wider implication for using this technology generally in a wider scale within and, and within the veterinary um, aspect. So at the moment, um, I mean, I agree absolutely with everything that Jonathan has has said so far. Um, my concern when I was looking into it was that this sequivity um, jab, which has been introduced in pigs, is a very different situation to what has happened in the human um, situation. So with sequivity, if, um, for example, there's an outbreak of swine flu, for argument's sake, on a, on a pig farm, the vet will come along, take some swabs, send those swabs off to a lab. The pathogen will be sequenced, the gene of interest chosen, and then an mRNA product will be made up um, to, to generate a protein. Uh, and then that will be sent back to the farm who will then inject it into the pigs. So that whole process takes eight to 12 weeks. And so it is the process which has been licensed, not the end product, because you could have a situation on a neighboring farm down the road where there's an outbreak of, of swine, um, swine flu again. And the vet comes along, takes the swabs again and ends up with a completely different end product in terms of which protein is being produced by the uh, mRNA that's being injected. So we have a situation potentially where mRNA, with all its inherent dangers, with the lipid nanoparticles, with the mRNA itself um, and the, whatever protein has been randomly chosen to be produced is then going to be um put into a food chain potentially if it's going into animals for, for our food 
Um, and we have no idea whether that protein that is being manufactured by, by the pigs in the, in the case of sequivity, if that is going to be prionogenic or whether it's going to cause, cause any, any other problems. And there isn't sufficient time, especially with animals that are going for slaughter for, for our food, there isn't sufficient time necessarily for any adverse effects, uh, effects or prion diseases or anything else to show and manifest to actually create a warning. And the other aspect of it is because there are potentially different um, products going to be on every different farm, although I suspect there will be some crossovers, obviously, you know, makes pharmacovigilance virtually impossible because they're going to look at the data and if for argument's sake, you know, 10% of the um, products which Sequivity will be, be, be produced under that license, if they start causing prion diseases, you know, if you look at the overall data for all the Sequivity jabs, it's going to look very small. But actually, all those pigs using certain um, proteins in, in, in production will be you know, will, will be a problem. Um, so, you know, it, it really is a disaster waiting waiting to happen. Um, and as I say, it's a very different scenario. And I could imagine that they're going to try and push the mRNA products in the veterinary um, world as a means to try and uh, use it for different pathogens to avoid using antibiotics on the argument of antimicrobial resistance, which of course, we know also from the plasmids that some of the genes that are included in those were also for antimicrobial resistance. And then the other aspect of it, obviously, is if these jabs are going into the animals, they're not also just going into the animals and the same with humans. They're going into our microbiome and then, then into the environment as well. So, you know, there are much wider considerations than, you know, what's gone before compared to what could be coming down the track. Well, to put in perspective for our listeners, uh, with all of the staggering information you just quickly summarized, prion diseases are devastating to the human brain, for example, or animal brains. You have experience with mad cow disease outbreak in, in Britain, and that was devastating, and that was a prion disease, Kreutzfeldt, Jakob accelerated and rapidly progressing dementia is is also a prion disease so talk about that a little bit roger yeah i mean it's basically a prion is or prion is a, a transmissible protein and it in the case of the um, bse also called mad cow disease was its colloquial name um, full scientific name is bovine spongiform encephalopathy so all these classes of diseases are called transmissible encephalopathies. And unfortunately, some people who ate the beef in the 1990s in the UK, they developed a new variant CJD. Um, and we got to bear in mind, obviously, before he died, Luc Montagnier did a, a paper where he reported seeing new variant CJD in some people post uh, COVID jabs as well. Yes, that's exactly right. And... It, it, we have seen that in the U.S. There have been a number of reported cases of CJD, of devastatingly rapid progressive dementia, that, that it causes death. And what I, you also wanted to, to share with our audience today, which was one of the reasons I invited you to join us, 
the mRNA contamination in breast milk, would, would you explain what has been found about that? And, and I'm sure Dr. Gilthorpe and Dr. Eden may have some comments on that as well. Sure, yeah. I mean, I came across a paper where they detected mRNA in milk and they'd done um, some work to try and see whether the mRNA was still viable um, in the milk and they concluded that it wasn't um, and therefore it didn't matter that mRNA was being um, passing out into, into breast milk. Although one important thing which I found quite amazing was that the, the control group that they used for that mRNA expression didn't produce any spike protein either. So either they deliberately used um, an mRNA that wasn't produce spike protein or they created situation where it wouldn't produce spike protein um, because obviously the control group should have done. Um, and you wonder what uh, peer review process went on with the paper to actually not point that out as a, as, as a, fa as a fallacy. So um, my concern from the veterinary point of view is if mRNA is being found in human um, breast milk, what are the implications for our dairy industry if animal jabs um, start being used widespread? You know, they're going to go into colostrum, potentially into the newborn, potentially into into germ lines, um, which can create disease themselves. Humans use colostrum supplements in some cases, and obviously, then if uh, the mRNA is going into into the milk after after the colostrum, it's obviously then going to the young animals, and then obviously potentially into the dairy industry. Um, and if products aren't being pasteurized, which we assume might denature it, but we don't know for sure, but I expect it probably would. Um, you know, but there are unpasteurized products, dairy products in you, you know, used uh, and commonly liked. So, you know, we don't know what the what the ongoing dangers from all that are. I think that's enormous. And not only that, um, bovine glandulars, ground up animal parts, the gonads of cows, the thyroid of cows, adrenal glands, all of these are glandular supplements on the market as herbal, as uh, health products all over the world, the glandular, uh, the collagen derivatives, bovine collagen. I don't personally use any of those for the very reasons that we've been talking about with prion contamination and prion disease. I've always, since the 1990s, have warned my patients not to use these bovine derived products because you don't know the source of the cattle and you don't know whether they were sick or not. But and then you bring up the whole microbiome issue. I mean, people generally don't go defecate in in the soil in civilized countries, but animals are defecating in the soil all the time. And so something has to be done with the manure. And then you look at the shedding through the gut and the and the feces of these proteins, these spike proteins, the lipid nanoparticles, the mRNA, the DNA, all of it, it's just staggering to think about the damage they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it is possible also, there are situations where human sewage is actually used for food fertilization. So it could actually be going onto the fields, onto the crops, uh, uh, or into, you know, into the soil that way as well. So, you know, that's not beyond the realms. Um, obviously, if if it goes into into the germ lines, then you know these these proteins are going to be produced 
in every single cell in the body and and every offspring so you know we we're playing with our food source um and food market for the future in ways that we have really no idea what exactly we're messing with and what we might be introducing and as i said before you know what i'm saying may not happen but the point is the research hasn't been done to prove that it won't and yet the onus is on them to prove that what they do is safe that's it that's exactly right dr gilthorpe you had a comment before you have to go yeah i would dr lee yeah i mean this just really raises this point that for decades there have been tremendous restrictions in place for genetic engineering release of foreign dna into the environment because the risks of unknown problems are, are you know potentially catastrophic um and suddenly now we've got this wholesale release of genetic material into the environment actually injecting it into people um one thing I thought to mention as well, many cow or, or bovine products are used, for example, for growing uh, animal cells in culture. And what we're being told now is that we should be eating this lab grown meat, which is animal cells grown in culture. So I would imagine a lot of the cow serum that, you know, is coming from these GM modified or injected cows that have received these vaccines will then be going into human food production in other uh, ways, uh, which we don't really know about as well. So the potential here for catastrophe is is enormous i mean the other thing you talk about cell lines jonathan but also you know fetal cell lines are used for growing human vaccines as well so i mean it, the, yeah. it, it is a very closed circuit yeah absolutely i agree this is this is really frightening i'm really glad to um to be because it supports what all of us have been saying for months and months don't get any more boosters and people need to push back against this expansion of the mRNA technology into all vaccines for humans and animals. Dr. Gilthorpe, thank you for joining us today. Our best wishes for your big conference in Sweden coming up this next weekend. And we look forward to having the recordings to share with all of us over here who can't get to Sweden for your conference. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Lee. And we'll be back in just a moment after the break with more on DNA contamination, mRNA expansion into the veterinary market, what's happening with the push towards more control of all of us, and how does the national emergency broadcast testing in Europe and the U.S., and the Middle East, particularly Israel, play a role in potentially aggravating vaccine-induced damage. We'll be talking about all of these topics and more after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report, International Vaccine Update, and Threats to Your Health and Freedom. Check out our website at www.truthforhealth.org. And please consider donating to support all of our efforts for medical freedom, legal defense, our grants, our educational programs, all of our public charity work. We are here for we the people to be your voice of truth and hope and solutions against the lies and deceptions of the elite globalist. We'll be right back after the break.
This message is from the Truth For Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report with my international vaccine team. This is Dr. Lee for America with Dr. Mike Eden, Roger Meacock, veterinarian from the UK, and journalist Andrea Klarich from Croatia. So let's continue this very significant explosive discussion about all of the expanding contamination of genetic material into people, animals, and the environment. Andrea, you have some thoughts? Of course. Uh, Well, I had a really uh, chance to send a letter to Croatian Agency for Medical Products. Um, Motivation was this funding from uh, from, uh, Kevin McKinnon with these uh, impurities of uh, uh, DNA plasmids in the virus. And uh, after a few letters, I get confirmation from their side. They don't control any while what is coming in Croatia because they signed contract they, where they obligate to su- supplier. They will not control it because it is already controlled by the independence laboratories. I had an interview with uh, uh, Hedley Reese, who is the expert in supply chain management. And he confirmed me that there was no any control from side of some kind of, as they say, independent laboratories or independent agencies, because there is no such a thing like independent agency. They are depending of the people who are financially supporting them. And I was asking a simple question. Why, if you are sure that everything is okay with this virus, why don't you let us on our cost to control it? Because it's a very simple control. It's very easy because I have contacts here in Croatia who are capable to do this control and it's not expensive. And we can do it. Then after that, we can feel safe. We don't have to trust to some papers from some agencies. We can control but for ourselves because it was um, 5.3 million doses are administrated in Croatia by force. We have to say by force because they were blackmailing people with COVID passports and with their jobs. And if you are sure that everything is okay with this virus, why don't you let us? 
this is something what really raises concerns, what they are hiding, because they don't have any reason not to let us. And I was also thinking about press them uh, with the court, but it seems to that uh, covered with this because uh, European laws are above the Croatian laws. In this case, they are covered, and uh, I don't see now the way to get the permission from their side to control this. And I think this is very important. And uh, this is something what really concerns all people in Croatia because we don't know what we receive in our bodies. Dr. Yin and Roger Meekock, would you like to comment on, on what Andrea said? I agree. We don't know what's getting in, in our bodies. I'm seeing it medically in my practice with people getting sick after these shots. Yeah, well, I probably don't have anything particularly new new to contribute to. I'll get out of uh, Roger's way as quickly as I can. But I, I would say from an immunological uh, standpoint, something I've, I've worked on quite a lot, as years in uh, pharmaceutical industry for human medicines, I would, uh, I would mean this politely. I wouldn't give the, this to a pet animal. Uh, I wouldn't give. I wouldn't give any of these uh, basically gene-based products whose <laughs> whose function is to hijack the manufacturing capability of your body to make a protein that that is not in your genome. I personally think is fundamentally harmful and flawed. Um, for the loads of reasons, but the main one is that when you prompt a body to manufacture something that doesn't belong there, the cells mark on their surface uh, that they are making that protein. Your immune system is trained to notice that uh, something is in the body that doesn't belong there. And under normal conditions with a healthy immune system, you will mount an attack which will result in the death of that cell. That's, that's, what, that's my, my expectation. It always was my expectation. Uh, and that that I think is is an important part of the underlying toxicity uh, in, in response to these products in humans. Um, that's really all I would say. I don't haven't had anything new, but I, I would say today is a great day to decide you're never ever going to allow the authorities to lie, cheat, and finagle you into rolling your sleeve up for any of this stuff. Uh, they are they are deliberately they are intentionally harmful. I think uh, that's a, my all I have to say. Well, I have no question they're intentionally harmful, Dr. Yeadon. As soon as you found in 2020 the homology or similarity between the spike protein and the syncytin that was needed for establishing a placenta, I knew they could not have done this unknowingly. And I just, I just knew that once you also added the research from 12 years prior to the rollout that the lipid nanoparticles damaged the ovaries and testicles in every animal species studied. It was just clear as a bell. They knew it. They knew it was dan dangerous. And the whole autoimmunity issue that you bring up, yes, medically, that makes perfect sense. It's what I'm seeing in patients with autoimmune disorders skyrocketing in people who've gotten these shots. People who were stable for decades and people that I'd monitored for years who were stable 
with rheumatoid, lupus, autoimmune thyroiditis, and other autoimmune disorders are just devastated by these shots. Their autoimmune conditions are just very difficult to manage now. So I think everything you've said is correct. Thank you. Roger, I know you have some thoughts on this from things you've known about in veterinary medicine. I mean, the whole issue of vaccine shedding, the whole issue of the vaccines not really addressing the problem unless they are carefully formulated, manufactured, and used for the right reasons. And you don't normally vaccinate into the middle of a pandemic because you're ending up adding the vaccine on top of people who are mounting an immune response to the natural illness. And then they risk autoimmune. They, they miss all of the potential exaggeration of the damage. Yes. I mean, um, Geert van den Bosch, another veterinarian being, being involved like Mike in the, in the vaccine industry for many years was being warning about this right from the start how um, you know you don't use vaccines in the in the face of, of of an outbreak in the way that they're they're doing without expecting immune escape and, and all sorts of problems down the track. Um, you know, from the veterinary point of view, we've known that it's been very difficult to produce um, coronavirus vaccines in, in the past. Um, you know, when they first tried to produce SARS vaccine originally you know in the trials that they did it killed all the fe- all the ferrets that were that were used so you know vets should have known right from the very beginning that uh you know this wasn't a safe product the spike protein has been known about in in coronaviruses for a very long time to be you know sort of part of the, the, the pathogenic process of it so to to actually instruct the body to produce what is known to be the dangerous part of um, of a virus to me was just utter madness right from the beginning and then coming back to what Jonathan was saying close to the beginning was that you know the quality control is is so poor so even if we knew exactly what the mRNA does how it breaks down and we also know what the protein that it it, it produces does and whether it's safe and we make sure it's safe if if the manufacturer isn't 100%, then we're going to be producing other mRNAs and other proteins, or we're going to have variations in the protein structural um, part of the protein, which is going to affect the immune response. Um, and, and you can't just assume that just because they're not exactly as they're supposed to be, they're somehow biologically inactive. You know, that that's that's a very dangerous assumption to make. So, you know, the quality control has got to be absolutely spot on because if it if it isn't then you are absolutely introducing unknowns into the body however much you know what you think you know everything you think you think you know about what you're supposed to be producing is irrelevant to the fact that you don't know the bits that are contaminant because you know they haven't been studied because they're they're completely random no you're exactly right and that ties into all of the things we've been discussing about the intentionality, the lack of oversight, knowingly, knowing the deadly, dangerous characteristics of these shots. To me, that ties into the bigger picture 
of what we have also been talking about for months and actually for three years in my case. And that is, this is a spiritual battle between the forces of evil. This is evil damage to human life, animal life, and altering the design of the planet. So, Dr. Yu, yes. you have some yeah. thoughts on that with what's... I, I, I did, but I, I agree with everything that you've said. And uh, uh, people who may have known me 10 years ago would have never heard me mention you know, faith or God or anything like that. Well things happen and along this this road and you and i dr lee recorded my own experiences in the summer of 21 uh you know the realization that what was happening is i cannot i cannot form a construction that this is as it were a very clever albeit cruel crime it's it's not it's not that it's it's there are so many things that have caused wanton suffering you know uh injury maiming and death to, to humans for sure uh, that were that were avoidable, but I think were the objective as well as to you know gain control and so on. And in the end, I couldn't come up with any other word for it but evil. Um, and at the same time as having that realization, I you know somehow reconnected with something I'd probably not been connected to since I was a child. I used to go to church and was a church choir boy when I was at primary school, so un, under under a teenage. Uh, so, yeah, it's an evil agenda. And, and it occurred to me, and Roger, maybe you could help me with this. I know a number of people have been very concerned when they heard that that animals, uh, potentially companion animals as well as farm animals, were going to be injected with this stuff. And I think many people were seized with fear that if they consumed the, the product, you know, in the case of farm animals, maybe they could be made ill by these injections. Anything's possible. But I I, I think if, you, if it's cooked, perhaps that's less of a risk. But... It just occurred to me listening to you and Dr. Lee earlier. Do you think it's possible the objective is, is to harm the animals and maybe maybe kill a, a, you know some proportion of the animals, both companion and farm, rather than rather than only being as an objective um, or a consequence to, to to injure people? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there is a very if you only have to see um, who who, as we all know. With the initials BG has invested into Frankenmeat in a huge way. You know, you can imagine a situation where um, they suddenly decide that the meat is contaminated, um, and therefore animals can no longer be used as a food source. Um, so, guess what, guys? We're going to have to go move over to this Frankenmeat uh, industry that we've invested in and set up over here, um, and eat I mean, the bugs. Or eat the bugs. I mean, bugs. You, yeah. you just look at, look at the who did all the modeling, Mike, for, for BSE and then foot and mouth. Uh, oh, God, and, yes. And now COVID, Didn't he? You know, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's the same guy, isn't it? It's, it's Ferguson. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and there's a bit of me, obviously, with a, being a vet in the 1990s and seeing the BSE mm. um, and, and his, his over-exaggeration of how many people he said was, was going to die from that. I mean, you can imagine a situation where perhaps older people, because they're already further down that line towards getting sort of neurodegeneration, start getting um, more. Well, we're already starting to see more neurodegeneration anyway. Um, but they're going to initially blame it on the BSE back from, you know, especially well, certainly in the UK, from the people who ate beef in the 1990s. They, that's going to be their their excuse to begin with. But obviously, as as the, the neurodegeneration 
becomes a lower in age than people who couldn't possibly have had that, then they're going to have to look to to the meat and look to other sources of, of the neurodegeneration. And then, you know, they will no doubt try and hang the, the blame on the farmers and also on, on, on the meat and the food. And hey, presto, they've already got a solution they've been looking at and put in place. So it, it's very easy to see a potential train of events um, that, that you know pushes, pushes us in that direction. I think they've already planned that and look at what's happened in the US they have already slaughtered tens of millions of egg laying and food hens, chickens across the U.S. claiming contamination. They've already used that playbook. They've driven up the price of eggs. They've made chicken prices go through the roof because they've shorted the supply. This is all calculated and I think you're exactly right. I think they're going to use this down the road to claim contamination of the beef supply, lamb, um, chickens, pork, and therefore all of those will be destroyed. And yes. people will not have access to animal protein for food because they've already, do you know, we, well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, 40 cities in in the the 40 city or that agenda to have cities come together oh, yeah. and agree yeah. to reduce consumption net That's zero right. C, consumption yeah. of C40 cities yeah C40 cities C40 cities right well yeah. London the London mayor in the US London's mayor uh, Mr Sadiq Khan I believe is currently the the chairperson of the C40 cities initiative which I'm pretty confident if you follow it will be a subsidiary either of either the World Economic Forum or the UN, you know, one, yes. one or the other. And yeah, they, they uh, you, when you look at this, they, they pretend it's to do with improving the environment. Uh, uh, but what will happen is uh, you know, people will be constrained. They won't own private vehicles anymore. Uh, they won't be able to fly. Uh, they won't be able to buy many more than, I think it's three or four clothing items per year. Uh, the amount of animal protein they would be allowed you know wouldn't keep a child alive uh, and the you can i just when you look at this it it's uh, it's so bad that even if we were warming the climate to a point where it might in the future be dangerous you still wouldn't do what is in the c40 cities project because you will immiserate people they will be cold hungry uh and die. anything to do and then they will die and and by the way that will happen anyway if if we are not successful in dissuading people from receiving these these malign injections. Uh, I, I think people are unknowingly running, playing um, uh, what is that uh, game when you have a Russian uh, roulette? Russian roulette, exactly. So you know, there's some dispute about whether all of these injections are toxic to some extent, and some are just worse, so-called hot lots. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that uh, probability will will get you. And if you if the poor people, I feel very sorry for them who have been bullied into four, five, six injections. That the odds are worse than those who've had one or not. And none is the best number. Um, and I, we are growing in number every day. This this broadcast, I think, is part of it. And Roger, your 
your contribution um, and Lee, Dr. Lee, your interpretation is horrifying, but I think accurate that there is attack not just on God's creation of animals as well as people, but also the connection between them in terms of food stuff. I think it, do, it does make sense. There's, there's a horrible coming together of prior frauds, uh, including those that that nasty person, Professor Neil Ferguson, Imperial in London, uh, has been involved in that too. He's not incompetent. Where, where it comes to making projections that turned out to be wildly pessimistic, I, I would refer you to a poem by Margaret Anna Alice. You can find her on Substack, and she wrote an unbelievably good poem called Mistakes Were Not Made. Uh, and in that uh, poem, narrated by World Council for Health founder Dr. Tess Laurie, she, she picks apart um, every part of this malign fraud she hasn't had anything about animals but i'm saying this man did not make a mistake this man chairs um a global predictions um uh, function I, i'm not sure whether it's pandemics or i think it's something like predicting vaccine need uh, and that unit at imperial is funded by the bill and linda gates foundation and professor neil ferguson who made all these uh, terrible predictions is its chair you can look it up. It's on Imperial College's website. I, I found this a few months ago. So he's still at it. Um, uh, I don't know whether these people think they're going to get a, a golden ticket out of the mess that they're creating. And I, I would say to you, Professor Ferguson, if anyone could pass this message on, you are deluded. If you think these people for whom you are working are going to provide you and your family with a golden ticket out of this, they're not. You're a use, you are a useful idiot. And after your work, if it's successful, we will give our lives to stop you. But if you are successful, they will abandon you and your families. So uh, I don't understand any of the kind of middle-ranking academics that are going along with this. What, for money, uh, for status? You are preparing the graves for your family and you're jumping in, tied to your children. Stop it. Anyway, I get a bit emotional, but it's important people know this is not a science broadcast only. It's also a spiritual one. And we're trying our best to warn you and to stop these people. Well, you're absolutely <laughs> right, Dr. Yeadon. And I've been, been concerned about this as well. Our job as physicians and scientists and, uh, and journalists who are ethical is to save lives with proper warnings based on truth. Fundamentally, that was my oath to help patients for their benefit, not to push a political agenda on them. And that, that's, the, that's the core value for all of us. So I, I think we have to bring this up. And quite frankly, I think passion is important when you are defending something as critical as human life. And I, I agree with all of the concerns that all of you have been bringing up. And Andrea had a career as a successful businessman overseeing produce being supplied around the world. So Andrea, you must have concerns about all of these points we're bringing up as well in terms of contamination of the food supply. Yes, absolutely. I would like also to add this, what uh, Dr. Yidden says, that uh, Imperial College received, according to the book of real Anthony Fauci from Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 
148 million dollars and in in the last three years of course two years because he he published this book at the end of 2021 and at the same time they published one paper when they say they saved 14 million lives with these vaccines and bill and melinda gates and his gavi group financed this paper and again the same people uh, making some mathematical models what doesn't have anything with the science, only with propaganda. They're receiving money from the same people who have an interest in selling these products because just recently came out that Bill Gates both shares of BioNTech in 2019. You know, just a few months before pandemic starts, just a few months before BioNTech get the job to produce these vaccines. And the same people financing uh, uh, Imperial College, who then make some models that whole world will go, uh, uh, will die, two million people will die. And same, same time, same people saying that they save 14 million people. They're lying all the time and receiving money from people who have interest in this. We know all these things. Concerning the food supply, we just witnessed witnessing in Croatia, there's a huge crisis with uh, African plague, uh, allegedly African plague, because they now um, killed, euthanized 20,000 pigs in Croatia. That's a huge number for Croatia, because they found some cases of African plague. Just two months ago, they found few times in the biggest producer of eggs, Salmonella. I spoke with these guys. I spoke with producers. I spoke with the guy who the owner. He says it's impossible that was Salmonella. He's controlling everything. I have big doubts. I investigate. I don't have proof yet. But I think this is the same agenda what is behind trying to sell 50% of uh, agriculture producers in Netherlands who are trying to kill 200,000 cows in uh, Ireland. And the same people are now uh, finding a different way to other countries, for example, like in Croatia, to bring us in a food crisis. Because who controls the food? can control people. We know that they are controlling money with the central banks. Now they want to control food. And also at the same time, don't forget, they are producing artificial food. I saw opening big plant in Israel who are making burgers in one minute in a 3D printers, 3D printers. Same thing is happening all around Europe they are producing artificial food from machines. And at the same time, we are losing uh, this so many uh, natural food, cattles, swines, uh, eggs, chickens. That cannot be coincidence, especially when we know what also Dr. Eason says, what are the plans of these C40 towns? Now it's not anymore 40 towns, it's more than 100 because the, the other towns want to join it. And they want, they're telling us directly in the documents, they won't reduce consumption, not only food, exactly meat, they want to reduce 
traveling, they won't reduce moving, they want to make, uh, as they call it, uh, zero net zero before 2050. They want to, to do it even... Uh, oh, they've moved it up to 2025, Andrea. Really? Okay. I was reading yes, documents that was, they said 2040. That's just been announced just recently. Um, great. Agenda 2030 has now been yeah. moved, accelerated to 2025. Yes. That's and why everything, things yeah. ramp up. Yes, and everything they're explaining that they want to save a planet. And I had a huge interview with Dr. Judith Curry. She's the expert. She wrote a few books. Well, let's talk about that next week because I'd okay. like to talk more about the climatology okay. expert. And I'd like to no actually bring Dr. Judith Curry on the show. So Great. any closing words, Roger, Mike, I agree with everything you're saying. Andrea, <laughs> they, they are absolutely creating false food shortages. What you've just described fits with what's happening in the U.S., they make a pretense of a disease. They tell the farmer or the producer or the rancher that they have to sacrifice the animals because they're contaminated. They're using exactly the same playbook country by country. America and the world listening, all of you need to stand up against this evil. You cannot be silent anymore because your life and your survival is at stake. There's no question about it. Any closing words before we wrap up? Yes, yeah, just, just, go on then. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I sort of agree with what uh, Mike and Andrea have, have said. You know, in the C40, they're trying to reduce the meat consumption down to 16 kilos per year, which is less for people to have some context. That's less than was rationed in the Second World War. Um, and maybe a, a closing quote would be, we are the only species clever enough to manufacture food and the only species stupid enough to eat it. <laughs> yes, good point. Dr. Eden? Yeah, no, I just re really repeat what, what I've said before, that no one, unfortunately, nobody is coming to save us. This is not, an, uh, I don't want this to come across as negative, but if, I believe that the um, international you know, bodies of rich people, uh, and and the institutions that, that they help bring into being, like the UN and uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Chi Climate Change and so on, I think they are captured and corrupted, as unfortunately are governments you know, in what we would call the West. Uh, as a consequence, also the judicial systems you know, uh, uh, and police and so on. Uh, I'm not implying most people in these functions have any idea. I don't believe they do. But there's enough corruption at high levels in every one of these functions that they're not they're not going to come to your, your rescue. Nevertheless, we should tap all of those processes, the ordinary processes, because that may help convince those who are still unaware of the threat facing them that something strange is happening. And my, my focus all of the time is to try and reach as many new people as I can and point out to them that there are things that are going on that make no sense at all because you can't i found like you can't wake you can't wake up a person who believes what's happening is pretty much normal in a single bound it, it would be people just think you're literally crazy uh, but if you start in the foothills by trying to communicate something uh, and roger i found this that uh, one comes across as tremendously authentic if you speak from your own area of expertise 
so uh, the things I talk about now, I couldn't talk about uh, to a stranger in the street. But if I tell them my background and so on, and then explain why I wouldn't ever accept one of these injections you know, after 32 years in the pharma industry, they generally believe me. Uh, yes, so, yes. yeah, uh, one, one person at a time, one person at a time, wake and... up as many as we can. And, and that plus faith, I think, will will eventually push these these monsters back. I hope so. That's exactly right. And mm. we have faith that our God is bigger than the evil that is assaulting us. So listeners, thank you for joining us today. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report International Vaccine Report. And we'll be back next week with another vaccine report. Meanwhile, go to truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts. We have lots of programs, big ones coming up this week with Faith Over Fear on Tuesday night, The Truth Project on Wednesday night, and our special symposium on emerging threats and what you can do to save your life, which will be a three-hour program on Friday. So get on our website, sign up for our email alerts, join our crusade. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act, said Dietrich Bonhoeffer in World War II, and his words are urgently needed for all of us today. So stand, speak against evil. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us.